Welcome to Triumph. This is a show about God's mercy and forgiveness for those who have had an abortion experience in their past. My name is Tim Welsh, and I'm Executive Director for Bethesda Healing Ministries, and, uh, Ministry, and I'm here with my wife, Joe, as usual. Hello. Uh, uh, welcome to Triumph. Um, just before I forget, I, I just I, I sometimes forget this, that we need to make sure that uh, anybody who has experiencing any kind of trauma because of an abortion experience in the past, please give, please, please. This is, my tongue is just not working, sorry. <laughs> I ate, bre- I had a good breakfast this morning. Everything was working out fine until I started talking into this microphone. Anyway, so if you're having any kind of issues with a, an abortion in your past, please give Bethesda a call at 614-309-0157. Yes. Um, there are some really caring people waiting to talk to you. Yes. And waiting to hold your hand through this process. Yeah. And so. we do a in person and a virtual. So. Yeah, it's, that's it's a good easy. thing. It's that's a good easy. thing for you to bring up, dear. I. I uh, uh, it's easy. Yeah. What am I saying? Yeah. Well. Yeah. It's been real easy for you, hasn't it? <laughs> yes. It's been just nothing. Nothing. <laughs> this, no problems. This journey is like you know <laughs> skipping along. Yeah. But there's um, there's an option for everybody. Yeah, some people prefer the in-person um, mm-hmm. sessions at which at which we offer uh, sacramental reconciliation. There's always yes. a priest there, mm-hmm. um, and then you do a a virtual thing. Yes, twice a month, Wednesday, third or the first and third Wednesday of every month. Yeah, and that continues to grow. It continues yeah. to yeah. Some it's women good. find it's good that. Stuff. Um, some women find that a little more bearable, kind of, yeah. a little yeah. less. Well, we've bonded, too. You know, it's it's just a small group, and it's just nice. So invite well, anyone that is interested, give us a call. They're awfully good. To, it, it's awfully good that you're doing that, dear, and they're awfully lucky to have you in their life, I know. <laughs> Thank that, you. That's funny. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so let's let's talk about what we're going to talk about, and then yes. we'll talk about what we're going to talk about, and then okay. we'll talk about what we were, we did talk about. Uh, can everyone hear my eyes rolling? Yes, I hope okay. so. Okay. So today we're going to talk about men and yes. the effect of uh, abortion on a man. Yes. Um, We've talked about it in the past, but we're going to do a little deeper dive. A little bit deeper, and, and me being a man who has had that experience, uh, we might we might poke at some past wounds and we'll just see what happens but True. It's, it's just a conversation so this yep. is a very this, this is obviously a very um uh complex syndrome you yes. know i mean it's 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 just one of those things that that i don't think i don't think our culture accepts for one thing i don't think they um they certainly um have an issue accepting it with women and they just flat out can't accept any kind of trauma True. after an abortion yeah, I was thinking this morning, you know, like 60 million abortions since Roe v. Wade, and um, there's little care about the woman and what she, the trauma she experiences. There's no care, very little care about the child in most, in the secular kind of world. Um, and they really, I mean, the man doesn't even get a mention ever, really. But there's real, um, you know, there's real scars from an abortion, an abortion experience. I'm having trouble now. It's catching. Yeah. Um, for everybody. Yeah. Everybody involved. 
Yeah, and you know, if there were 60 million abortions uh, since uh, 1973, um, you know, if you if you think, uh, you know, there there nobody really knows the statistics. I mean, people kind of guess at them. The low end is 10 percent of women experience some stress after having an having had an abortion, and the high end is like 30. But if you take just the low end at 10 percent, that's one out of every 10 women. That's if you've got if you've had 60 million abortions since. Roe versus Wade, that's six million women are the wounding, you know, the walking wounded, walking mm-hmm. around there wondering what in the heck is going on in their lives. Yep. And there's a man with every one of those women. Yeah, To my absolutely. knowledge, you still have to have a man to get pregnant. That's true. Generally. Yes. So, um, and you know, the statistics say that 40% of, of men who have had an experience in uh, an abortion experience in their past develop or experience PTSD uh, sort of like sin- symptoms 15 mm-hmm. years after that experience. And of those 40%, about about 90% of them, 9 out of 10 experience grief and sadness, and 8 out of 10 experience uh, guilt and anger, and 64% experience anxiety and isolation. And and there's a real, the, the thing that I think you're going to dive into here in a little bit um, you know, forty percent express some sort of sexual issues, some sort of problems uh, with sure. their sexual activity, yeah. and and then thirty three percent expressed a real helplessness and a, a sort of a hopelessness. So, mm-hmm. um, it again, it's a very very deep thing that that that's kind of hard to pin down. But but let's let's yeah. tee it up and see sure. what happens. Yeah, and I guess the message is that. Um, part of the message is this is a message of hope, mm-hmm. not condemnation, for yeah. sure. Um, but, um, and men have a real role in this. You know, they, um, by culture standards, um, men aren't supposed to speak about this because this is a woman's issue. This is women's health, they call it. Um, but, you know, men can speak out, you know, about slavery or you know, violence, but even though they've never experienced it or been owned slaves or anything like that. So I'm just encouraging men to, you know, get a voice about it and be informed. And um, you may be working with a guy that's experienced it, has experienced it. You may know somebody, you may not know them, but um, certainly... um, you know, don't be afraid. Be not afraid. Yeah. Those are those are good words. So, um so from our abortion experience, um I have some questions for you. It's my turn today. Okay. And um I think I'm ready. <laughs> That's my FM radio voice. It's very nice. So, how do you think your involvement in abortion has affected or is affecting you now um just a light question just a real light question to get us started good um i think that uh first of all we sh- we maybe set, set some context you thought you were going to do all the talking so now i'm going to do that now you're going to tell okay. me what to yeah, say i'm going to okay. tell you what to cool. say okay so just you know that's that's not <laughs> 
<laughs> You're not unaccustomed to that, are That's you? That's right. <laughs> okay, this is real life here, folks. Okay, so, you know, I, and I didn't make these up, but I, there are people that say there, there are sort of seven scenarios for a man's involvement in the abortion experience. Okay. One is he doesn't know anything that, he doesn't know the woman's pregnant, and he doesn't know that she had an abortion. Mm-hmm. He hadn't, he's completely ignorant to the mm-hmm. whole thing. So that's one part. Okay. The second uh, possible scenario for a man's involvement in the abortion experience is he, abo- he opposes the abortion and he says so. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's another piece. Um, the third is he hides his feelings about, uh, uh, against the abortion because he wants to, quote, love her and respect her rights. You know, because society has told him that that's what he that's should do. That's what to do. Yeah. Right? Right. The fourth is is uh, he's just ambivalent. Yeah, he doesn't really care. Mm-hmm. So he just goes along. And, you yeah. Know, that's, that's, yeah. And there's plenty of, plenty of men like that. Uh, the fifth is that he support, actually supports and encourages the abortion mm-hmm. and maybe even pays for it. The sixth is that... Uh, you know, that he goes beyond just supporting it, but he actually threatens her. He actually pressures the abortion. Mm-hmm. He says, I'm going to leave you if you don't have one, or I'm not going to support you at all. And then the seventh is the most extreme probably, but um, he abandons her physically and emotionally and refuses any kind of responsibility of any part of the thing, the pregnancy, mm-hmm. the abortion, anything. Mm-hmm. So, so... To answer your question, how it affects me today is more, uh, I guess I contemplate those things more today than I ever have. Yeah. And I I don't really, um, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about it, mm-hmm. but I spend a lot of time when I, when I am in, uh, whenever I'm in prayer, I always spend some time saying I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, so it does affect me every day, but it affects me in a completely different way than it affects you. Sure. And so. Yeah. So I've always been curious about this. Uh-oh. That's how you start out a question sometimes. Um, did you, so at the time of our abortion, did you consider the gravity of it? Did you, and and maybe along with that, did you did you really even give any thought to it? Like on those seven, where did you fall at the time? Where did you fall in those one through sevens? Um, I think that I was ambivalent. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, it's hard. That was that was a long time ago. Seventy-eight or ish. Seventy-seven. Seventy-seven. So that that was a that was a long time ago. Um, I think I was just ambivalent, uh, and and I also, um, I mean, that, these these are more objective questions. These are more objective things, and and yeah. you're asking me more for a psychological kind of how how did it how did I feel at the time? These, if I look back and sort of judge uh, on a scale where I was, I was I was certainly ambivalent, and I definitely abandoned you emotionally i mean i let you that ambivalence just sort of led to abandonment which is something that i never even considered until you and i started talking about it like 35 years later right right. you know so so you never 
so you were ambivalent. So it wasn't like you were powerless because, you know, my I kind of made the decision and forced you. Well, looking to- looking back on it, I can say. I mean, there's two questions there. How did I feel at the time? And, yeah. and then then also, you know, as the after the passage of time, where would I how do I think I felt, you know, kind of. Yeah, and, that's true. And I really, um, um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't think I weighed the gravity of it really much at all. And, um, yeah, I haven't, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I know at the time, I mean, we, you know, we were young, of course, and kind of loving our life, you know, like loving um, going, you know, being with friends and partying and, you know, making plans for our future. And um, it kind of, I guess, maybe wasn't even on your radar at all. Kind of the whole, the whole piece, because, you know, I recall when Roe v. Wade was passed and I remember my mom and my aunts and, you know, there was this big rally to oppose this. And, um, you know, within the the church that we belonged to at St. Mary's at the time, I just remember there being a lot of discussion. And I was kind of ambivalent about how that was really that tragic at the time. You know, I was young. I didn't really, I didn't really get that, um, because the, the narrative was that wow, this women's lives are going to be so much better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's dive into that a little more deeply, dear. And and uh, again, want to remind people that we're listening to uh, Triumph on AM eight twenty Saint Gabriel Catholic Radio. This is a show about God's mercy and forgiveness for those who have had an abortion experience in their past. And reminder that I'm Tim Welsh, and this is my wife, Joe. We've both, uh, we have had an abortion experience in our past. Um, and for those of you who have and who are struggling with those that decision, however long ago it was, ours was a long, long, long time ago. Yeah. Um, do they even have calendars I back then? I don't think they do. Yeah, you no, know, they when, did. Those drop-down menus that say, that say, you know, when were you born? I have to scroll all the way. Right, the me too. Yeah, it's, it's like, come on, people. So anyway, call, call Bethesda, 614-309-0157. If you, if you feel like you or someone you know, uh, you feel like you uh, would like to go through the healing process after an abortion experience if you're struggling just uh, give us a call because we really do care about you and we really do want to help yes and really to emphasize you know abortion does impact everyone you know it's not just the death of a child it affects the mom it affects the father and it really affects everybody involved all the way down to really the abortionist, you know, everybody involved in in some way and in some way, not that I can pinpoint every way that it affects everybody, but, you know, we all have to pray for everybody involved. You know, we want to, you know, extend grace, certainly for those folks that work in those clinics and and maybe are just misguided and, and, and don't really know how to 
to to leave and 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 um, kind of reconcile that whole thing. So anyway, it's fascinating how men are so. I mean, we we recently uh, went to uh, shameless plug for Father Nathan Cromley. We 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 recently went to a date night with him mm-hmm. uh, at St. Catherine's here in Columbus. And it was a great night and everything else. But there, And he made a few profound points, one of which was it was uh, either simply profound or profound in its simplicity. I, don't, I haven't quite figured that one out yet. But it is, it is um, that he said women have never accepted that men are not women. <laughs> yeah, right. That was so good. You know, and, and, and but men know that women are not men right i mean they know they're girl they know a girl's a girl right but but they don't they don't really accept that uh, women don't you know because they they say things like why doesn't he do this or why doesn't he do that well he doesn't do that because he's not a woman i mean yeah, you know right, i mean right so it, and and i think it's i think that's a very um i i think it applies to this whole thing because men yeah. just men just process things so completely differently i mean men are more uh, they tend to more more tending to exert you know much greater control over the expression of painful emotions. For instance, right. you know they'll say, oh, "I'll be all right," you know, right? I'm fine. Everything's fine. Right. Tend to identify you know their primary role as as the supporter of the woman, even if they oppose abortion. And I mean that's kind of what we went through. I mean you came and told me, and I just said, "Well, I'll be I'll support you," you know. Yeah. Right. That wasn't the right decision, but it, it's, it's, it was built into the DNA, and we're also more likely to experience feelings of despair even long after the abortion experience, mm-hmm. um, even more so than women. And, and men are more likely to experience what, what psychologists refer to as chronic grief, like they just, because of they repress that, those mm-hmm. feelings— and because men uh, don't tend to just kind of wear their feelings on their sleeves, um, they they just they, it ends up being it leads to sort of a chronic thing. Yeah. So it, it's very fascinating to me. And you know, as I look at some of the adverse psychological outcomes of the abortion experience uh, for women versus men, I mean, you know, there's guilt and there's grief and there's anxiety and depression and PTSD syndrome. Symptom, symptoms and relationship problems on both sides, on male mm-hmm. and female. But it's fascinating to me that, to your point, the the um, there's three that the outcomes that are different for men than they are for women. One is the feeling of repressed emotions is for men, and the other one is a helplessness or a voicelessness or or you know a a sort of a powerlessness, mm-hmm. and the other one is anger. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, which I think all those, I think those things lead to anger. But yeah, it's just fascinating to me that that those how how different it is. And most of the post-abortion healing um, ministries, if you will, or organizations um, cater to women. Yeah, they completely yeah. cater to women. They're run by women. They, you know, uh, we certainly have a priest at, at all the Bethesda. Uh, uh, meetings but but they're they're largely geared toward women yeah and a lot of um books workbooks that are are written are geared towards women yeah 
And um, those aren't always appropriate for men, you know, just because just because of the scope um, for women is a lot different than it is for men. So, you know, there are books that are geared specifically for men, which is good. Yeah. And we do have men at our sessions um, and 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 they they lend a great um, perspective, um, but I fear that they probably aren't um, speaking their what, the, the the way they feel totally all the time because they're with women. <laughs> well, and and women, we've talked about this, and and I I can't get graphic at all on the but the the physical experience of the abortion, it, the men did not experience that. True. I mean, there's True. some obvious physical things that happened during that time that men just can't understand because we weren't there. Yeah. We can feel the guilt and we can feel the sorrow. We can feel everything, all of those kinds of emotions. Some of us do, some of us don't. Some of us just, just hide them. Yeah. But, um, but we don't, we don't, uh, we don't have just the physical experience of it. I mean, the smells, the sights, the, the noises, all the stuff, the physical right. aspects of the abortion experience itself uh, on the woman's body. It, it's just we just don't we just don't have that. Yeah. So, you know, you were um, involved in, in pro-life ministries many years, 20 years. Yeah. And, um, I mean, you've always loved kids. So, like, some of the... Let me back up a second. So uh, some of the things like triggers for women are, you know, babies crying or, you know, not wanting to be around children because of their abortion experience. I mean, you've always loved kids and um, and that sometimes is true for men, too. I, I must say that sometimes from what I've read, sometimes being around kids or, or not wanting children for whatever reason, um, is kind of as a is a result of their um, abortion experience. But do you think, like all the time you were working in pro life ministries, you know, was there a time when you really thought about abortion and and just kind of how that shaped what the work you were doing? Um, no. No, I, I. That's I, it. Just no. You're not going to expound. Well, that. I might talk a little bit about it. Um, no, I. Uh, I can't say that I ever did. I mean, my my experience and my regret is not is not for myself, but it's for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, my as we have lived our life, you know, being married for lo these many years. Yes. <laughs> um. You know, I've seen the damage and the hurt that it it caused you, mm-hmm. and it has it had you know my regret and my sorrow has nothing to do with my own my own situation, but everything to do with yours. Mm-hmm. So I don't, and you know I don't spend maybe I'm just the prototypical male, but I don't spend a lot of time evaluating. You know, the listening audience knows I'm an alcoholic. I'm a recovering alcoholic. I've been you know in Alcoholics Anonymous for a long time, and and I I've never really 
I've never really spent a lot of time thinking about why, whether it's nature or nurture, whether I you know, was born an alcoholic, which some people are, or whether I just was bred into alcoholism, which some people are that too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, it doesn't really matter to me. It just it matters to me that I am, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't, I haven't spent a lot of time just, just, evaluate, just figuring that out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, uh, but I do know that it hurt you very deeply, and mm-hmm. I do know that that because it hurt you very deeply, it hurt me very deeply. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's my sorrow, and that's my regret. Yeah, and my regret is not you know we the the major the major <laughs> revelation for me, and you know you and I have talked about this a number of times, but the major revelation for me was when I said, "Oh yeah, dear, whatever you know, whatever you choose, I'll I'll support." that 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 was an abandonment and it wasn't really supportive at all yeah i never golly i thought i was just doing what was right i thought you know that's because that's what society told us to do they said you know support the woman which i thought i was doing when in fact i was doing exactly the opposite yeah yeah and that's kind of the message for the men listening is you know do the right thing and and don't necessarily do what society tells you to do because nine times out of ten, what society tells you to do is probably a little wacky. Yeah, probably <laughs> shouldn't do that. Yeah, and it's um, um, it's just good to to hear you um just talk about your feelings about that, and hopefully, um. There'll be some guys listening that kind of like, oh, I never thought about it like that. And young guys, I hope, um, too, or anybody that's maybe has a friend um, that um, has maybe confided in in them. But I really am encouraging men to have a voice um, to to kind of stand up and be that um, that uh, protector. Yeah, that that really is um, is what we all as women kind of want. Yeah, and you know that's that this modern day masculinity that we um, that's that is, is sort of popular is is really a degradation of women. You know, I mean, it's really yeah. using women as sexual pleasure, uh, just a just. Um, uh, just objects of their desire it's really not res- it's not responding to the the sort of beauty of femininity that that we know is one of the things that i thought was really interesting i think you read it to me uh, and we just have just a very short period of time here um is that um uh, uh modesty allows men to see the whole woman you know allows mm-hmm. to see the woman and not her body necessarily yeah, yeah. Well, this has been fun. We'll have to tee this up again next time, I think, Joe, because we haven't really gotten it all done. You're listening to um, Triumph on AM820. If anybody has experienced a, uh, an abortion in their past and are struggling with it, please call Bethesda at 614-309-0157. God bless all of you for joining us today. Then he, so-